Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mission Women podcast. I'm Katie Sievers, and I'm here with the wonderful Katie Edelman. And we're back with another conversation in our How Great Is Our God series. It's been amazing to talk about all the characteristics of God. During these conversations, we have been unpacking 10 attributes of God that are part of making Him the amazing holy God that He is. We're going to lean into these words that can feel so intimidating and confusing, like immutable and omniscient, and we have been breaking them down. The hope is that as we spend time thinking about who God is, we will all grow in our understanding, appreciation, and our wonder of Him. The idea for this series came from a book by Jen Wilkin called None Like Him. We found it to be a really great resource that helps us understand who God is a little bit better, and we highly recommend giving it a read or a listen. We are so excited to be welcoming uh, Pastor Carlos Garcia to the podcast today. We're so excited to hear from him about God's omnipotence and how that is really fueled by 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 the fact that God is a God of love. He is love. And so he's going to help us understand um, God's omnipotence in that light. So we're excited um, to share that conversation with you and hope it's an encouragement in your day-to-day. Okay, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? I'm Carlos Garcia, and I am the worship pastor at Mission Bible Church. And we came here back in 2004, and I am 27 years old, which is totally not true. (laughs) Math totally works (laughs) on that. Totally totally, totally works. (laughs) Yeah, so we've had the opportunity to be here all these years and uh, married to Ruth. We've got four grown children who are all married. Boom, which is awesome. And six grandchildren. So yeah, a little bit about us. Thanks for coming on and just helping us continue the conversation about understanding a little bit more about who God is Absolutely. and what makes Him God. And we're so glad that you're here and talking with us about how God is omnipotent. And that's not like the word we use every day. No. <laughs> so can you help us understand um, what does the word omnipotent mean? Sure. So um, it's a two-part word, right? So you have omni, which means all, and then the second part, Potent or potence means powerful, so mm-hmm. all powerful. And out of all the ones that you guys have been doing, I, I thought, well, yeah, this one, most people I think would acknowledge, even at an academic level, mm-hmm. if there is such a thing as a God, then probably this God has power or would be all powerful. Mm-hmm. And then you couple that with everything in the culture, whether it's positive or negative about power, whether it's in the entertainment industry like Thanos or whatever, there's so much around this whole topic. But when we think about uh, the God of the Bible, that's the idea that he is all powerful, more powerful than anything or anyone else in the entire universe. So mm-hmm. at, at a basic level, that's kind of, you know, when we think about God's omnipotence, that's what we're thinking about. Um, what does that mean? Like, all powerful, and I know you mentioned Thanos, which we're really. <laughs> we're, my son just got into Avengers, so like I'm really on that level of Thanos right now. But um, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what can? What does that mean about God? Like, what can He do if He's all powerful? Yeah. So this is from the Moody Handbook of Theology, which is a great little resource for things like this. So a proper definition states: This is from the book. God is all powerful and able to do whatever He wills. Mm. Since his will is limited by his nature, God can do everything that is in harmony with his perfections. Mm -hmm. 
So that mm-hmm. sounds really like heady uh, mm-hmm. on the one hand, but on the other hand, what it's trying to communicate is, uh, can God create a stone so large that he could not lift it? It's just mm-hmm. not a legitimate mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. God can do all things that are in harmony with his nature and person. So um, the almighty one, El Shaddai, we see appear in the book of Genesis. And so there's this um, description and picture of God as being all-powerful, almighty, not limited in any way outside of what we just mentioned with the ability that he has to do anything. And and that power exceeds, again, anything in the universe or anyone else's power. And so as we're talking about culture, like whether it's Thanos or other things Mm -hmm. negative that we see maybe in today's culture regarding a grab for power or the abuse Mm -hmm. of power, it's really unfortunate because even that word or the concept of power, it's either either cartoonized, if that's a word, with Mm -hmm. with the Avengers and things like that. And so there's that version of it, or it's a very negative mm-hmm. connotation. We see that power is abused, and mm-hmm. you know history certainly has all kinds of examples of that. Mm-hmm. So it becomes sort of a challenge to take a very common concept that people have, you know, and then kind of boil it down, even as Christians, into okay, what does it mean for God to be powerful? So mm-hmm. just at that base level, you know, He's capable of doing anything. And then as we investigate Scripture, mm-hmm. whether it's cre- His creative acts. Um, the wonders of uh, his acts for the nation of Israel, for instance. We see over and over again these miraculous wonders that he accomplishes Mm -hmm. that point to this all-powerful God that accomplishes his will and purposes, you know, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that you talk about that because, I mean, the word that that keeps popping up in this series is, like, mind-blowing, you know, the things that—and, like, with power, like, that God would have— when I start thinking down that train, I'm like, oh, my word. Like, his power is mind-blowing. You know, like, it goes beyond what I can really comprehend. And I think one of the examples for me that that really sticks out with is, like, the fact that he speaks mm-hmm. into creation, mm-hmm. you know, the whole universe. And that's where it's like, oh, man, I can't even speak into creation. My kid's putting their shoes on on time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the fact that he can that he can speak, um, speak the universe into existence and— just function like that is just it's just incredible and and pretty mind blowing. Yeah, and and it, it's all over scripture mm-hmm. that that term of El Shaddai, mm-hmm. uh, God Almighty. In fact, if you read the Book of Job, this terrible story mm-hmm. of this person who suffered a great deal and his friends trying to figure all this mm-hmm. out over and over again, Job says the Almighty, the Almighty, the Almighty. So mm-hmm. whatever else he was trying to figure out, he understood that he was talking to the one God who has all power, you know, in his grasp. So he had a a basic understanding that, you know, in the midst of those crazy circumstances, he was in the hands of a God who can Mm -hmm. do anything he pleases to do Mm -hmm. because he is all power. And it is that Mm mind-blowing, you know, approach. In creation, Jeremiah 32, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. By your strong hand and powerful arm, nothing is too hard for you. All mm-hmm. throughout the scriptures, we see that, that picture of God's unlimited power. Revelation 1.8, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I'm the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so from beginning to end, um, it, you'd have to miss a lot of scripture not to get at least this attribute yeah. of God's nature and character that he is a God of great might and yeah. power. Yeah. And that keeping that in perspective is important. Like as you were talking about Job, like to go through what he goes through mm-hmm. and to keep the perspective yeah. of the fact that this is a God who's almighty, all powerful. Mm-hmm. And 
um, no matter the circumstances. I think that that yeah. keeping the perspective is it can be a challenge for us, but it's super yeah. important. And yeah, I totally agree. That. It's you know the um, just staying with Job for a second. You know, mm-hmm. considering his story and maybe our story too. It you know from sure. time to time. You know, uh, again, he he recognized who he was addressing and all the mystery and all the questions and all the fear and all the doubt, all mm-hmm. the complaining, all the uncertainty, mm-hmm. he knew who he was addressing. And I think that creates a context, of course, for that entire book mm-hmm. and indeed for our stories, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, the difficulty or struggle that life, you know, can bring to us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So as we think about how God is all powerful, well, why why is it, sometimes difficult for us to to really know that because we read it in scripture and we see that um, but to like know it on a little bit of a deeper level yeah I think so um, our first at least my first response to this concept okay so I serve a God who's all powerful so what's my next question mm-hmm. then surely he'll be able to take care of me mm-hmm. in the struggle or mm-hmm. surely he'll you know show up if you will. And so I think all of us have those questions because if we believe and trust that God is all powerful, then our next natural, I think, response is, okay, so is he going to heal my son's sickness? Mm -hmm. Is he going to deliver my teenage daughter from depression? Is there going to be finally a breakthrough in my marriage? You know, is God going to just break through because he can do anything? Mm -hmm. He's all powerful. Um, But that isn't our experience. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times there's unanswered prayer. Or our story takes a turn where it's like, I thought God was all powerful. Why isn't he taking care of this? Or we take a look around us. We take a look at our our nation. We take a look at our culture. We take a look at struggle right around us in this world. And we think, why is God allowing this? You know, isn't he powerful enough to take care of these needs? You know, Mm -hmm. the poor, the hungry. Isn't he powerful enough to to maybe remove rulers who aren't helping others? You know, Mm -hmm. all those questions begin to surface and we begin to just, okay, what, is it, what does this mean in my life with all these issues or all these things that seem to go unnoticed by God? Is he a God of power, you know, and, and why is he showing up for me? And so I think f- for me personally, that's why it's, it can be difficult to say, all right, God is a God of power. My experience seems to indicate that even though he's available in that capacity, that he really doesn't show up at times. And so mm-hmm. what is the purpose mm-hmm. of that power? How does that all work? And I, I thought of um, this, uh, these verses in Matthew. Then Jesus, this is Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here. And watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So here is the the Son of God, who we're told in the scriptures is the creator, you know, has a hand in creation Mm -hmm. through his great power, praying to his heavenly father in the midst of a very awful circumstance. He knows what he's facing, he knows what's coming. And as a, as a fully divine and fully human, he says to his papa, is there another way? Because he, he's not a masochist. He's not interested in, in suffering just at that level. Oh, I love suffering. You know, so he's mm-hmm. asking a very, just like heartfelt prayer. And, and then he, you know, that, that amazing just surrender to, mm-hmm. to his father, not my will, but yours. But what did Jesus do? He acknowledged the pain. He acknowledged his anguish. 
he says his soul was crushed with sorrow. Now, you know, which one of us haven't been there mm -hmm. somewhere along the journey where it's like, I am crushed under fill in the blank, mm -hmm. um, but I'm coming to my heavenly father who in a moment, you know, can release me from all of that. Mm -hmm. But is it about me being released or is it, is it about us surrendering, even in the midst of that, to whatever his will is, you know, mm -hmm. as insane as it may seem, mm -hmm. you know, for us. And that, that's what makes it difficult knowing, I think, at least for me at times, I serve a God of great power because I have to live in this fallen mm -hmm. world and stuff happens in this crazy world, you know, to right. me, my family, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. So that, that, that can make it a challenge. Yeah. Just make it a challenge. Yeah. Know? I think that's difficult for people. Just the two words that really stuck out are just prayer and surrender. Mm -hmm. And that surrender piece is what is so yeah. extremely difficult because yeah. you are praying to a God all-powerful, yeah. help me, help me, help me. And then that surrender that he is also knows all things and, you know, part of your plan might be your suffering and you should yeah. be drawing yeah. closer to him um, in your prayer. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah as we, as you were talking, that kind of reminded me, that surrender part yeah. reminded me of the fact that, like, all of these characteristics of God that we've been talking about and learning about, they're all part of Him, mm -hmm. you know? And so the the fact that He is all-powerful and sovereign, you know, we yeah. talked about that one, um, is, is the thing that we have to have faith in and trust that mm -hmm. His sovereignty— um, is what we want. You mm -hmm. know, we want to to see his will and we want to see yeah. his work because more <laughs> it's it's more beautiful than we yeah. can, mm -hmm. we could have figured out on our own because we just want to be alleviated yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or we want a loved one to be alleviated right now. Exactly. And and there's that, that's a that's a good desire, I think, but I think Jesus's example that you read there where yeah. it's like, this is a hard thing. It's an acknowledgement yeah. that things are hard, but trusting you is, is the right thing. Yeah. And surrendering to you. Is yeah. And I think that process, mm -hmm. you know, we don't talk a lot about that process, mm -hmm. I think, because, you know, the surrendering, mm -hmm. the, the trusting that road, you know, that journey is never easy. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's wrought with like fear and will it end, you know, Right. And so I, I don't think we we are sometimes maybe in our Christian culture, we don't give permission for for people to or, or, or just acknowledge, look, this is going to be a very difficult journey. And you know what? It may not end well mm -hmm. in terms of yeah. maybe your desired outcome or in terms of this is going to last, you know. And mm -hmm. so this idea of trusting, waiting, surrendering, you know. I don't think we address that enough, yeah. and it's a it's a very difficult. It can be very difficult, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I think um, I think a lot of uh, people have gotten to that point where they may have sacrificed their faith on the altar of their experience, mm -hmm. and so experience becomes like the determining factor. And maybe we need to do a better job at saying, "Hey, look, you know, let's just be real about life. It's it's a it can be a difficult journey, mm -hmm. and even the God of all." power and yeah. the God of might and the God who is El Shaddai, you know, may not alter our circumstances. In fact, like you said earlier, it may be exactly what his will is yeah. for us to shape us and mold us or for reasons we're never going to know, you right, know, right. while we're here. But that's mm -hmm. a, that's a hard thing, you know, mm -hmm. to work through. Faith, I think, assumes trust and waiting before mm -hmm. El Shaddai, like I think mm -hmm. we're talking about with, with Job, um, trusting that he is almighty, but more importantly, that he's God. Mm -hmm. And he's under no obligation to disclose all mm. that he's unfolding in our lives. Mm -hmm. And if you're like me, it's like, I want to know. Yeah. 
and I'm a microwave Christian, and I can't believe it takes two minutes for popcorn to be done. <laughs> it takes so long, you know. So I yeah. I want to know what the outcome is. I want to know how this is going to turn out. When I think God is more interested in shaping us in ways that obviously can be a mystery to us, but are probably not at the microwave speed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, as we think about God and his power, um, we can kind of be led to questions like you brought up earlier, like, can God create a stone that's so heavy <laughs> yeah. that he can't lift it? I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about that question in ages. But like you can see, like logically sure. um, and all of that. So so as as we look at God, we know that that he is powerful. He is almighty. And we know that he is love. Scripture tells us that God is love. So as we look at him in all of his power and in all of his love, did is that just they've always been together or which one came first, power yeah. or love? Or So all, this um, teaching has been so helpful for me. This is from Tim Keller. Okay. And I think it's really helpful because, um, you know, whether, let's say I'm an agnostic or perhaps even an atheist, you know, one of the, one of the complaints or struggles is, okay, why isn't God showing up? Yeah. Look at the, mm-hmm. look at the suffering, um, whether it's a personal story or a loved one or just, you know, the suffering around the world, et cetera. And, and it's an accurate and it's an authentic question and concern. You know, if God is all powerful, then why is all this happening? Mm-hmm. You know, where is God's love in all this? And so he, he talks about um, the creation of the world. He talks about Jesus and he talks about the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and brings out this very important point that it is love that came first, and then it is God's power. In other words, God's creation happens after we learn that there's God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, uh, Genesis 1, 2, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the, wa- of the waters. Genesis 1, 3, God and the Spirit of God creating through the word, and God mm-hmm. said, and God said, and God said. So right at the beginning, we see that there is Father, Son, Holy mm-hmm. Spirit creating, okay? So what does that mean? So that we have this triune God, and that's unique mm-hmm. in the Christian faith. I mean, most gods are just like one. There's mm-hmm. all the, or many different gods that aren't connected or related. Yeah, they're to separate. If, yeah, mm-hmm. or they're fighting each other for <laughs> yeah, attention, you right. know? Or if they are separate, you know, there's then no relationship to anything else other than how do we appease this one God and how do we get to know this one God? Mm-hmm. And so it becomes then sort of this power struggle, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. If it's just one God, let's say one Roman God or some other you know, single deity that that's, uh, someone's trying to get to know or somehow connect with, it becomes a power struggle because now that one God has at its core just the God. If I'm this one deity, I have no relationship to anything else because it's just me and it has to be all about me. And so it's really my power. What's unique about the Christian faith is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So um, John then 17, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Mm -hmm. So before Genesis 1, God, Father, Spirit, Holy Spirit, and Son were in this beautiful love relationship. They were intimately loving each other, mm-hmm. preferring each other, other-centered, glorifying each other, Jesus says here. And that word, you know, is just like to honor, to prefer, to mm-hmm. devote. I mean, there's all kinds of things wrapped up in that word of like giving glory. Mm-hmm. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit, glorifying each other. So at the center of reality, before the power of creation was demonstrated is love. Mm -hmm. And so God literally is love. God Mm -hmm. is love. 
before he expresses his power in creation. So what that means, and this is so important, is relationships are primary. Mm -hmm. Power is not primary. So you look at our culture, what's mm -hmm. primary? Power, my message, my point of view, my whatever, my political party, my particular view on this theological issue. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's powers tends to kind of rise to the surface of primary, whether it's in a marriage relationship, a parent-child relationship, you know, that always seems to come down to an issue of power. And what we learn from the Trinity before creation, before that power is expressed, is that there was love. Mm -hmm. And that really teaches us then that, you know, for, for us human beings, we are meant to do the same mm -hmm. as the image bearers, to prefer the other, to mm -hmm. love each other, to care for each other, not to get the one upship, you know, over yeah. someone yeah, else, yeah. Over, over each other. And it's another orientation, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's very helpful, at least for me, in terms of, okay, God of might, God of power, uh, God who it can do anything he wants. But what, what does this God mean to me mm -hmm. in, in the midst of struggle? Well, if I understand him to be uh, at his core, other-oriented, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, love, intimacy, if that's first, then I can find a little bit more strength to say, okay, even in the midst of the crazy, this God of power is not about power. Mm -hmm. In fact, he's about abdicating power over and over again, especially as we think about the story of Christ. You know, mm -hmm. Someone once said, you know, you're, you think you're having a bad day? Jesus came, you know, the creator of the world, came the universe, came into a little baby. Mm -hmm. And you're having a bad day? I mean, in other words, it's like that massive creative power and strength and majesty, which blows our minds, yeah. mm -hmm. was encased in a little baby. And you're having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I never forgot that. Because it's like, you know, you talk about humility and yeah. just kind of reducing and letting go, emptying himself, as it yeah. says in Philippians, you know. So there's a, I mean, over and over again in the scriptures, the first shall be last. Mm -hmm. You know, it's and Jesus emptying himself and uh washing one another's feet, you know, Jesus teach. So over and over again, it's not a power grab. Mm -hmm. It's a release of that power. And usually it's for to love someone, yeah. to mm -hmm. care for someone, to prefer, mm -hmm. you know, someone else. And I think that's an, an that's been very helpful for me as I yeah. when I thought about the omnipotence and this great power. How do we relate? And and plus how do we relate to power? You know, yeah. how does, most of us think about this in terms, you know, the president, Thanos, whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, we cower. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, how do I, you know, I have, am I gonna be dressed right? Am I going to say the right thing? You know, and there's this like, sort of like we're intimidated, you know, mm -hmm. at some level. And uh, the picture God gives us is just turns it totally upside down. Yeah. This God of great mind and great power is not interested in that defining who he is. Ultimately, mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. comes to us, you know, in, in love. And that's, that's wonderful. You know? That's beautiful. Yeah. It yeah. is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think of it and like, if, if we were doing like one of those, like, kind of like, first reaction tests or exercises or like, I'm going to say a word. You tell me what you're thinking. Yeah, right, Like, if right. you said, you know, power, I'd be like, ooh. ooh. Yeah. And I would be like, abusive power. Yeah. You know, okay. and like that on a on a big scale, you know, you know, with like the powers that be, but also in relationships. Yeah. Which you talked about. You touched on that where it's like, oh, yeah, that's like relationships, which are these beautiful things that, you know, the Lord gave us and models for us and and everything, but because of just sin and brokenness, mm -hmm. we turn those relationships into like, well, I mean, I need to establish that I'm really an authority here, or I'm yeah. really whatever, and 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 we lose track of the beauty that that relationships are supposed to have. And um, I love that you pointed to the Trinity as yeah. as that example. And I've I've read, I think Michael Reeves 
has a book about delighting in the Trinity and just the idea that creation comes out of that mutual delight. Yeah, exactly. That the Trinity has. Um, and and that that that's how power is supposed to flow. Yes. Uh, in a loving way. And just thinking that that's what God has been modeling all along with his power. It's not this abuse of it, but just the love that, that can flow through it. That's why I think it's important, too, that we even, you know, have this topic on the podcast, you know, when we're talking about attributes of God. Because I think so many people think, like, ooh, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, I don't know this God. Like, he doesn't show up for me. And, like, he's right. not, and he's so powerful. Um, but then to know, and when you look back at Scripture, and you see that it's all rooted in love, and that's where everything stems from, it almost gives you a different feeling of all-powerful. Yeah. You know, yeah. it gives you a different feeling for it. I agree. Yeah. And but- just even the word. I really relate to Matthew 8, familiar passage. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake and with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Mm-hmm. The disciples went and woke him, shouting. Okay, I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> Lord, save us. They're shouting. They're, you know, we're going to yeah. drown. You They're know, like, what freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. And so I, I love this passage because I can, I relate in my experience to that moment where it's like, where is God? Yeah. You know, and and the this little, these few little verses here, four verses, you know, always remind me, you know, God, the Almighty is there. He's present. Okay, and whether I feel his presence or not, you know, is 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 immaterial. Uh, whether I acknowledge it or not, that's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to continually grow and learn, you know, in the midst of storm, whatever that is, whether it's what I'm seeing out in the culture, where in my marriage, in my relationship with my kids, you know, wherever that struggle is, you know, the Almighty is here, mm-hmm. and I need to surrender and wait upon Him, mm-hmm. and and recognize that, yeah, it may be stormy, but the most powerful God, you know, the the God of all power is with me. Mm. Whether or not he chooses to ask or, or act, you know, that he's God. Mm-hmm. I can pray, I can ask, I can plead uh, with him, you know, depending on what's going on in my in my life. But um, he, again, he's under no obligation to answer. I need to learn to be content that he is here with me. And that, again, primarily, he is a God of love, mm-hmm. that he is not interested in using this power to meet my every prayer request, to answer them all, nor he's interested in using that power to create a name and fame for himself. That's mm-hmm. not how his power works either, you know? So, yeah. But I love that passage. It's like, yeah, yeah. my experience often is like, it feels like Jesus is asleep, you know, yeah. in the boat, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this has just been a good conversation to talk about something that we can have a lot of preconceived notions on yeah. about, you know, God and his power and might and maybe have different experiences and that sort of thing, but to come back and to boil it down to the fact that, yes, he's powerful um, and acknowledge that and just to see how he expresses that power might be different than what <laughs> what our preconceived yeah. notions are and that it can be so full of love and yeah. that that's so much who he is. Um, it's really comforting. Mm-hmm. And it is. I hope that, that that has been an encouragement and a comfort to the people 
you know, everybody yeah. who's listening um, to rest in. I got I to gotta close with that. this quote from oh, Peace, yeah, Peace Gazzaro. Oh, yeah. The power of God is unseemingly and strange, he writes. And then he says, mm-hmm. strength comes from weakness, wholeness out of brokenness, power in vulnerability, mm-hmm. in inability is striking capability. The last or first, the poor are rich, the weak are blessed, the humble are exalted. Maybe we can drop our bulletproof vests and say, I was wrong, I'm sad, I don't know, I need help. Mm. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. It's just a great way of picturing the topsy-turvy mm-hmm. that, you know, God, the picture that we have in scripture of God. You know, we have often, even as Christians, our world perspective glasses on mm-hmm. and God's always turning that, you know, upside down. Yeah. And that's a great summary, I think, of, of how we uh, can begin to process this idea God's yeah. power. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thanks. Thanks for sharing with yeah. us today. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, yeah. It was such a great conversation. And I hope everybody out there is encouraged um, and just listening to us today. Um, we always end with a favorites question. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give you your favorites question of what is your favorite musical? Oh, it has to be The Music Man, which I got to perform way back when. Yeah, it's just, I love musicals. I have a ton of favorites, but I'm going to name that one for today. If you guys know, it might be a different one, but, yeah, but I'll so say Music Man. Where did you perform it at? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was at, um, it was at Gull Lake High School. So at oh, this particular nice. high school before, it was in Michigan, um, before I came out to uh, Illinois, this particular high school would, for their spring musicals, audition adults for the leads, and then hmm. kids would fill in the, the the choir or the chorus and then other supporting roles. And that's how they did it at this particular high school. That's cool. And so, yeah, I got to play the music man, which is uh, still great memories. And then, yeah, love it, love it, love it. Cool. Awesome. What is it about that music, in per- that music call in particular? Um, really- I think, I think <laughs> it's funny. I it's mean, so you got funny. this swindler <laughs> who comes to town, you know, and the classic, well, you got trouble, my friends, you know, and he just begins to like swoon this town, you know, towards his way. I think it's hilarious. And just some of the goofiest lines and it's fun. And yeah, yeah just a fun story. Good music. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Katie? What's your favorite? Um, I love musicals. My, like the thing in my family is like, I try to turn everything into, into a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and my niece, my niece was just in town and there, we were watching a musical and she goes, ugh. It was kind of like a romantic song number in there. And I was just like, this is the best song in the whole one. And she goes, ugh, Aunt Katie, why did you like that one? And I'm like, because the beauty of it, like it expresses expresses that emotion. Like musicals help you express emotion yeah. that like you just don't get to on yeah. other in other ways. And so um, I just love musicals. That's my that's my Heart behind favorite? musicals. A favorite? I don't know. There's like the classic favorites and current favorites and everything. But I think probably the one I could watch one million times over is Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. I think that, Katie, is that the same answer? Is it? Is it? Yes, yeah. it always is. But Maybe I'll we talked about different. it before. We, oh, we definitely I, did talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just think the Sound of Music is just like my favorite of all time. There's even like little moments of like, oh, did you see yeah. it again? Did you see, did you see his, his face there? Did you see it? Like, it's just so, so, so good. Hard to beat. It's hard to beat. So it's good. It's beautiful. Katie, what you got? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say Sound of Music. Katie and I always have the same answers. But I, my favorite experience, um, which we kind of discussed before, is I took we took my mom to go see the Carol King musical mm-hmm. for her birthday pre-pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was cool because I grew up with 
hearing her music and then to experience, like, because my mom loved her so much. And then to experience it with my mom and my sister, it was pretty cool. Um, just to hear her life story and her music's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> and live musicals. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's the thing to watch it on yeah, um, and on the TV, and yeah. that's wonderful. But yeah, when you're there live, oh it's just this whole nother. It's so fun. So whole fun. nother thing. So they super just, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for coming in. Thank you. Thank this you. has been fun. We are so thankful that Pastor Carlos was able to join us today. Knowing that God is all-powerful, almighty, and rich in love is such an encouraging thing to remember and helps us place our trust with Him. We'll leave you with a passage from Revelation 19, verse 6. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns.